Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 12 on Abraham's caravan that left Haran for the promised land of Canaan and how the Canaanites were now going to be privileged to see the firsthand real follower of God and Abraham. Now, the summer blitz, the Jewish evangelism campaign to reach over 700,000 lost Jewish people in the United States and Canada going on in 15 cities with over 111 missionaries from Israel Restoration Ministries is going on through this entire summer into August. We want to share with you one of the quick testimonies of a Jewish person who's come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was given Tom Cantor's book on his testimony and prophecy and fulfillments of Jesus Christ being the Messiah and suffering servant, and that he would come again in in the future as the conquering king. And he is a Jewish person who's actually gotten mixed up with the occult and uh, has been struggling with demons and and things like that. And the missionaries were working with him on uh, the truth of the gospel, and he was freed from that affliction with receiving the Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ, as his Savior. And he's also been followed up with discipleship on salvation, assurance of his uh, eternal security and baptism, and also working with him to get him into worship and church services. So even those Jewish people that are not in traditional Jewish worship and that were in kind of devil worship or experimenting with uh, things that are very occultish, those people can also be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ through Israel Restoration Ministries. And a matter of fact, this particular believer, Yair, has been attacked ever since he has trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as a Savior. So pray for him and pray for others that are being reached this summer, Jewish people coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. You can have a part in that by donating uh, by calling us directly at 800-247-3051. That's 800 247 3051. Have a part in the gospel going to the Jewish people first, and that's 800-247-3051. You can also go to our website and donate and find out more information, israelrestoration.org, israelrestoration.org, and also friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. Now here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, today here on Friendship with God. First of all, let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning because you are our Father, We are your children. Lord, we need to be taught by our Father this morning. So teach us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 12, verse 5. And Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's wife and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sychem, unto the plain of Moreh, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed, going on still, toward the south. Now, what we see here, we're now in a place now where Abram is leaving Haran. And as he's leaving, we see in verse 5 a description of this caravan that Abram has. This is Abram's caravan. He gets the caravan on the move. We see in verse 5, there are certain, certain ones that are pointed out to us in this caravan. There's Sarai, his wife. There's Lot, his brother's son. And all of the substance that they had gathered in Haran 
And then it's spoken about, which we didn't see before, souls that they had gotten in Haran. And it says they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and then we're told into the land of Canaan they came. So we see here his caravan, and we see here something that started in the life of Abraham, the father of the Jewish people, that we didn't see before. And this is, this is not the same picture that we have when Aaron, when he Abraham left Ur of the Chaldees. But now we see Abraham has been blessed by God in Haran. And we see that Abraham has, has been a good businessman. Can you imagine that? Jewish person being good businessman? What a surprise. Anyway, so here he is. And we read that now he's acquired in Abraham and Haran, and he's leaving with what's called substance that they had gathered, and not just that, but souls. And all of this, Abraham has gotten in Haran. And once Abraham moved out of Ur of the Chaldees, God blessed Abraham, and he, he has a lot now. He's got possessions, he's got servants, and to, to see what kind of a person Abraham is or was, let's consider what Abraham might have done, what he might have said, but he didn't do this. But he might have said, you know, at this point in Abraham's life, he might have just said, you know, I've done pretty well for myself in Haran. Haran's been pretty good, pretty good to me. And look how many possessions and servants that I've gotten here since I got to Haran. Haran's good. If I just stayed in Haran, I could get more possessions. I could get more servants. I've really just begun. And God said that, after all, you could say, God said he'd bless me, and look, I'm blessed in Haran. And God said he'd make my name great, and everyone knows about me here in Haran, and my name will just get greater and greater if I just stay here. And who needs Canaan? He could have said that. Who needs Canaan? Haran, 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 better. I think I'll just settle down here in Haran and just make a life for myself here in Haran. Why not? Canaan, I don't know Canaan, it's unknown. Haran, I know, Haran is good. Let's just all stay here in Haran. See, he could have said that. That would have been a big temptation for Abraham because he could have just stopped there in Haran. And we can see that with all Abraham had gotten in Haran, that Abraham, he could have done that, but he did. Abraham did what the Lord Jesus Christ said and talked about in the parable of the, of the sower and the seed, in the parable of the word of God, as the different types of soil were being the different kinds of hearts of men were described. If you like, turn to that. In Luke chapter 8, verse 14 and 15, we're going to zero in on the last two types of soil here in Luke 8, 14 through 15, and think about Abraham. And so here we see, it says here, that speaking about And it's interesting how it starts about talking about the Word of God, where it starts off in Luke 8, 14, it says, that which fell. It just fell. That which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, they go forth and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection, but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. We see here that, isn't that a good description of the word of God? It just fell, it fell. You know, we read the Bible and all of a sudden there's a verse that just, or a passage that just seems to stand out 
and it just seems to just light up for us. It's just right there. And what is that? That's the Word of God that's been sent to us. That's the Word of God that is for us. That's God sending the Word. It falls, and it happens to meet a need in our lives. And it's just, just like some seed just fell onto our hearts. And the, the issue here in this parable is not if the Word good or bad, is the seed good or bad. The issue here is the, is the ground. And so it's really an issue of whether or not the Word of God is going to change a person depends on the heart of the person that the word falls on. And Abraham's heart was not full of thorns. And so when the word came to Abraham, if it was full of thorns, one type of thorn that's described in this parable is the cares of this life, the cares of this life. And so Abraham might have said, but he didn't, but he might have said, you know, I need to stay here and here. I need to stay because I'm an old man. Sarah is not exactly a spring chicken. And we have to think about our future, and we need to ensure that we are going to be well taken care of, and going off to some unknown place of Canaan, that doesn't sound safe. That doesn't sound secure. And so what would have happened? The cares of this life would have choked the Word of God, and when God said to Abraham, go, he wouldn't go. He would have stayed there in Haran and not obeyed God to go to Canaan. So another type of thorn that's described in this parable is called the riches of this life. And so Abraham, if he would have said, you know, I came to Haran with nothing, and now look at me, I've got possessions, I've got servants, I've, uh, I've only just begun. I can make millions, he might have said. It reminds me of a Jewish friend of mine who once told me that he was an Israeli. He lived in Israel, and he had come to the U.S., he said, because he said in Israel was too small for him. He could only make millions in Israel I mean, yeah, but in the U.S. he could make billions, he said. And when he said billions, he got right in my face and he said billions like that. You know? He ended up losing it all here in the U.S. But through that, he found the Lord Jesus Christ. So he ended up get, really gaining a greater treasure. But if Abraham had said that he only had just begun to make his fortune in Haran and that he decided to stay in Haran so he could gain more riches then it would have been the riches of this life choking the word of God that said to Abraham, go, and Abraham would have stayed there in Haran and not obeyed God, not gone unto Canaan. And then the last type of thorns that are spoken about are the pleasures of this life, the pleasures of this life. So if Abraham would have said, look, I have servants, they wait on me hand and foot. If I want the pleasure of sleeping in all day, I say to the servants, take care of everything, it's done. If I want the pleasure of music, I call the musician servants. They entertain me. If I want the pleasure of certain foods, I call the cook servants, and they do that. And if I just stay here in Heron, I can build on this. I can make an, e- an even greater life of just total pleasure. See, And if Abraham had said that, he, that he had just begun to build this life of pleasure in Heron, then, then what would have happened? The pleasures of this life would have choked the word to Abraham, say, go to Canaan, and he wouldn't have done that. He would have stayed in Haran. But that was not Abraham. That was not Abraham. Abraham had cleaned out all those thorns in his heart of the cares of this life and the riches of this life and the pleasures of this life. And now he all was in his mind and in his ears was that God told me to go. And he wasn't going to be held back. 
We'll return with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God in just a moment. Tom Cantor is the founder also of Israel Restoration Ministries, a Jewish evangelism outreach ministry. Right now we have the Summer Blitz going on all across this nation with our missionaries that we've sent out to evangelize the Jewish people. We mentioned at the start of the program today about Yair and how he has trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior and was involved in the occult and devil worship and has since been persecuted but has trusted Christ and is growing and being discipled and now learning to worship his new God and Savior. We also have other Jewish people who call in our 1-800 number or ask questions that would normally get them ostracized from their community, but they feel comfortable calling us. You can have a part in supporting Jewish people being able to call into us and being ministered to and the gospel going to them with materials. Support us with a donation of any amount, 800-247-3051, And so the, he didn't let the so-called good life hold them back but, and prevent him from obeying God. He just went forward. And notice in verse 5 how there's a process there that's described. It says about Abraham that you know, he's leaving the good life of Haran. It's described like this. Verse 5. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And then it says, into the land of Canaan they came. Now those words tell a lot. Because first we read, they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And that expresses Abraham's intention, or their intention, to follow God. So Abraham set out to go into Canaan. That was what he wanted to do. He started off to follow God, to go into Canaan. And then separate from Abraham's start, we read, and into the land of Canaan they came. So those words express that Abraham followed through with his intention, that what he started out to do in following God he did, and he went to Canaan. So just like Abraham went forth to go into Canaan with the first part of that verse, the intention, many people are like Abraham with a good start in the Christian life. They really want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. They start out well. It looks like they're going to go on, but they don't, and they stop, and there is no second part of the verse for them. But a certain hardness of life comes in, a temptation. And they're not like Abraham. And they don't have the into the land of Canaan they came. They give up. You know, I told you about the Hasidic rabbi who started off to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. But then when he saw that it was going to cost him his wife and his house and his children and his family and his job and his congregation, he gave up. That is the heart described by the second group of the parable that we didn't read in Luke 8, if you still have that open to there, Luke 8, verse 13, where it describes this group as they on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time and temptation fall away. Those are the hearts described on the rocky ground where they hear the word of God, they receive it with joy, but they don't have any root. And so they've really not counted the costs. They really not have deeply considered and come to the conclusion, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And then it says about them that for a while believe. And so these are the for a while believers, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, but not Abraham. 
That's not verse 5 that says, they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, into the land of Canaan they came. Now you see in verse 6, it describes for us where Abraham traveled when he came into Canaan. It says, and Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Sychem, unto the plain of Moray. And then it says, and the Canaanite was then in the land. You know, that's an important statement at the end of verse 6. The Canaanite was then in the land. We have to ask a question. Why did God put that bit of information there? The Canaanite was in the land. I mean, that phrase was not there to inform us that the Canaanite was in Canaan. I mean, you know, what do you expect to be in Canaan? You know, Chinese? I mean, you know, it's like a Canaanite was in the land. That's not there for our information. (laughs) The phrase is not there for that purpose. So why is the phrase there? So why did he say that? The Canaanite was there then in the land. Well, there's more to that phrase than just telling us that the Canaanite was in Canaan. So what's God trying to say to us? What's he trying to teach us? What's he trying to point out by that last part of that verse where it says, and the Canaanite was then in the land? To see the point, we have to see the first part of the verse and the last part together. So it would go like this. And Abraham passed through the land, and the Canaanite was in the land. See, the point is that the Canaanite is now going to be privileged. Why? Because he's going to be able to see firsthand what does a real follower of God look like. And that's Abraham. And so God brought this man Abraham into Canaan for the Canaanite, for the benefit of the Canaanite. And because wherever Abraham went, he influenced people toward God. Abraham influenced people that he came in contact with when we look at Eliezer. So if you turn, please, to Genesis 24 to get a little insight here, we're going to focus a little bit on a servant in Abraham's house called Eliezer. So here in Genesis 24, verse 2 and 3, we see, we read these words, Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, that's Eliezer, that ruled over all that he had, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, I'll make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that thou shalt not take unto my, take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. So what do we see here? We see Abraham trusting Eliezer as a confidant. But why did Abraham trust Eliezer? Because Abraham had a certain relationship with this man of confidence. Abraham and Eliezer, it wasn't just a boss-servant relationship. They were friends. They were friends, and Abraham trusted his friend. And we see how Abraham had Eliezer swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the God of earth. Now, how did Eliezer know who was the God of heaven and the God of the earth? Because Abraham taught Eliezer. Because he taught Eliezer that Jehovah Jesus is the God of heaven and the God of earth. Now drop down to verse 7 in Genesis 24. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house, from the land of my kindred, which spake unto me and swear unto me, saying unto thy seed will I give this land, he shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from then. So here, again, more, we see Abraham teaching Eliezer. He's teaching Eliezer, he's telling Eliezer very, very confidential things, very, very secret things, so to speak, between him and God. And he's teaching him what God had done for him, what God had spoken to him, 
See, he's showing him, he's influencing this man, Eliezer, as he does that. Now, finally, we come in verse 12 down there where Eliezer speaks. And there, what I was trying to say before, he's all alone. Abraham's not there, but he's standing up for God. And he says, Eliezer says in verse 12, and he said, O Lord God of my masters. He's praying here. We see him praying. He said, I pray thee, send me good speed and show kindness unto my master Abraham. So whatever Abraham has said to Eliezer has stuck. And Eliezer is now a prayer to Jehovah Jesus. That's what we see here. And how did he know how to pray? And how did he know who to pray to? Abraham. Abraham taught Eliezer. Abraham taught him with words. Abraham taught him with examples. And then we said, and then we see in verse 27 that, well, again, now he's speaking. And Eliezer says, Blessed be, now he's giving testimony. Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his grace. I being in the way the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So here again we see Eliezer now standing up, standing up for Jesus. And so why? Because again, Abraham taught him. Look at verse 42. Again, now he's in a large group and he's, he's speaking here. He's not ashamed of Jehovah Jesus. He's confessing him to others. He's saying, when he says this, verse 42, And I came this day unto the well and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if now thou do prosper my way, which I go. So what is he saying? He's saying, I prayed to the God of heaven and earth. And so we see him not ashamed. See, that's what the Lord said. He said in Mark 8, 36 to 38, he said, For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father. Why didn't Eliezer lose his soul? Because he wasn't ashamed of Jehovah Jesus. He confessed him before others because Abraham had led him and taught him. And then you see in verse 48, and then what happened? He says, and I bowed down my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, which had led me in the right way to take my master's brother's daughter unto his son. So here we see Eliezer now worshiping and being very open about it as well. How did he know how to worship God? Again, Eliezer taught him. So where did Eliezer come from? We don't see, we don't see him now as Abraham's leaving uh, Haran. We didn't see him in Ur of the Chaldees. So where did he come from? Well, in Genesis 15.2, Eliezer is described as Eliezer of Damascus. Say Eliezer of Damascus. Now, if you look at a map and you sort of trace out Abraham's journey here, we say down over here is Ur of the Chaldees, and then you go up here, and this is Haran, and then you come on your way down to Canaan, and that's Damascus, and then you finally arrive in Canaan. See? It's like a big horseshoe like that. Okay, so he hasn't come to Damascus yet, and Abraham is getting servants along the way. As it said in verse 5, this is the souls that they had gathered in Haran. So Abraham is going to go from Haran to Canaan, and he's going to pass through Damascus. And as he gets through Damascus, guess what? Another servant comes on board. This is Eliezer, and that's where he came from. And so that was the greatest thing that ever happened in the life of Eliezer 
when Abraham got to town, Damascus, and he became a servant of Eliezer. And that because he became a servant of Abraham, Abraham influenced Eliezer, and Eliezer found God. And Eliezer's in heaven today because Abraham came to Damascus. Another great day of studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, who again is a born-again Jewish believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and a tremendous Bible teacher here on Friendship with God. You can always download his messages for free on iTunes.com. Just search for the Friendship with God podcast. You can also download the messages on our main website, friendshipwithgod.com. Dot org, friendshipwithgod.org. And as we always mention, Tom Cantor is the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, a Jewish evangelism outreach ministry, which has the Summer Blitz going on right now with 111 missionaries. And we not only go to the Jewish people with the gospel, we also at every door, if we're not sure that they're Jewish or they don't answer the door, there's nothing to indicate that it's a Jewish home, we do leave the gospel with every door that we go to, to Jews and to Gentiles. In fact, we leave what's called the Ten Commandment tract, and that talks about, are you good enough? And it goes through a very detailed description of the gospel. And these are not your average tracks. They're very high-quality tracks. Great Ten Commandment tracks from Israel Restoration Ministries. We'd like to offer you 20 of them for a donation of $20 or more. We'll send you 20 gospel tracks, these Ten Commandment tracks from Tom Cantor and Israel Restoration Ministries that we give to Gentiles out across this nation as we give out the gospel with our Israel Restoration Ministries missionaries. So again, a $20 or more donation. You can call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. With a donation of $20 or more, get 20 gospel tracts from Israel Restoration Ministries. Or go online to friendshipwithgod.org for more information. Or call us again at 800-247-3051 to write in. 